Liberty Moms podcast. Liberty Moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their communities, their families, and their children. We are so honored that you would listen in today. Chris Kim, I'm Chris Kimball. I'm hosting today, and we're we're honored to be part of the Loving Liberty Network. This is where you can always turn to get the inside real news. The the source of truth on what you're hearing in in your world, whether it's local news, whether it's um, statewide or national news. So thank you for listening in today. I'm excited to uh, have my guest joining me today. Her name is Tracy Halverson. She is a true Liberty mom, I'm telling you. Um, she has stepped up to the plate and um, really put a lot of time, money, um, sacrifice into making sure that we secure the history of our state here in Utah. And I'm honored that she would be with me today, and I wanted her to come on so that we can discuss what is happening with this, um, I would call it an agenda. It's not just germane to Utah, okay? But there is an, an agenda to nationwide change state flags and uh, get what we call a new kind of logo flag, something to that effect. So Tracy, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Chris. I'm happy to be here. And I didn't introduce you as being part of any real organization or anything, but you are definitely part of the group that has been working diligently since the session ended. We had our legislative session end in March, and you've been working nonstop really to repeal some of some of a bad law that was passed i call it a bad law okay i'm 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 actually putting judgment on it because i feel like it was a bill that now has now become law but it was a bill that should have gone to the people that the people's opinion and their voice needed to be heard on this particular issue and that's dealing with the state flag and so you jumped in and went to work immediately and you've created um, a couple of groups uh, on Facebook that people can go to. But tell us why you decided that you needed to um, make sure that we saved our historic flag. So there's a lot of reasons why I am doing this. Part of one, one of them is it is our history. And once you erase the history, there's really nothing worth fighting for. And part of this history, and like you said, it is across the, the states. Um, there's an agenda to change, I feel like, the more the flags that represent the United States as a nation. Right now, for example, they're going after Washington's state flag, and it's got Washington on it. Um, but the, the, main, the reason why we're pushing this back, because to save our history, also, um, 
the legislature, I don't feel like listened to us at all on this. And um, they, a lot of us that pay attention pushed back on it and said, put it to a vote. If you're going to let, if you want people to rally around a flag, then rally them around it, let them have a vote. And all of this did, because in the bill that they've passed, it allows for the uh, our current flag, because the bill of the new flag isn't effective until March of 2024, but it allows for two flags. And I think that's a divisional thing. I think you should have put it to a bow. I don't think everything needs to go to a ballot, but something that's, that's a symbol of Utah like this needs to go to a ballot and let the people decide what they want representing them. And so that's one of the main reasons why I'm going, trying to get this to a ballot is to give people a voice of the flag that, that should represent us and that it will unite us under. If it, if it goes to the ballot in 2024 and the new flag passes, then the new flag passes, but you're gonna get more of a cohesiveness and um, people to gather together instead of two separate flags. And the history behind the flag is it reminds us of the people, the people of our of our great nation when we became a state, when this when the state was a uh, when it was settled. It reminds us of the people that were here before the settlers came. That you know, it just has got a lot of history behind it. Well, I love the point that you just made about there's nothing more divisive than having two flags. Like, I find you pick your flag, I'll pick my flag. And gosh, you know what? We're united in in what? What are you how are you united when there's two different flags that are being can you imagine going to war? And I mean flags were so important as far as identifying a group of men, a unit of men when you were on the battlefield. That the purpose of a flag was your identity. Okay, and now we're just going to say, well, well, you know, um, you just pick the flag that you want. You know, we're we're not really united on anything. And I'm I'm looking through here. So on the Senate vote, so this went through the Senate and it passed through the Senate eighteen to ten. Okay, um, with the with the new flag. But what's interesting is in the House, where they're a little bit more connected to the people. And I know some of the House representatives actually took the time to be considerate and ask their constituents what they felt about changing the flag. Okay, my representative did not do that. She didn't, nobody asked me my opinion, okay? And those that did that resoundingly heard back from their constituents that, no, I don't want the flag changed, and why are you with all the problems that we have going on in our world today, in our society, here in Utah, homelessness, sex trafficking, we're gonna spend a boatload of money on a new flag design. Why? Because, oh, it doesn't look good on a hat, okay? And so in the House, it, it passed by only a, a 40 to 35 margin, 40 to 35. That is almost a split House vote. If we could have had three other people change their vote, we would have defeated that flag bill was gone. Right. Okay. 
That's how close it was. So it's not like there's this huge mandate, like, oh my gosh, we have definitely heard, and this is what we want moving forward. No, it was extremely close. And were you in that committee hearing in the House? Um, yeah, the, they, they didn't let anybody speak. Um, well, they, they limited it. They We had a whole hour, which is unheard of, for one bill. Okay. And Senator McKay shows up 10 minutes late. The people were on time. We were there right at the start time. And they let him take an exceptionally long time presenting his flag, okay, which ate into our time. And then out of, oh gosh, there was close to 100 people in that room. I think seven had seven people had one minute, and then they shut down the hearing. I was shocked. I was shocked that they would not allow more people at least another 10 minutes to allocate for the 10 minutes that he came in late. You know, yeah, I find it and, funny that that they limit the people's speech, but they didn't limit his. Exactly. Right. Right. And I had actually taken two of my grandkids out of school up to the session so they could watch what a committee hearing looks like. And I was explaining to them. In fact, I was in line to speak. I was they stopped taking um, testimony right when I was the next in line because I wanted my grandkids to see this is what it looks like when the people get involved. And instead, I had to just tell them, like, gosh, I'm sorry, but they shut everything down. You know, they didn't allow us all to have, and I'm not saying all 100 people, but they should at least allow another 10 minutes more of time for the 10 minutes that the senator was late to that meeting. I agree. And I I think it's crazy that he got all the time and the people are actually limited. Right. And if anybody wants to go back and listen to that committee hearing, there's two different times where the chair the chair told the senator that he needed to stop, that the, that he'd had enough time, and the senator kept talking. And he did it on, you know, they know they can eat the clock, and, you know, if I expand. And so he was warned twice to quit speaking, okay? And I'm sorry to say the chair should have been a little bit more forceful because the chair does control the meeting, and he should have just stopped and just, you know, it may sound rude, but we get timed, they get timed as well. Yeah. Okay. And and so I was really disappointed in how that was carried out. I don't think the people really had an opportunity to voice their opinion on that. But be that as it may, um, most people weren't aware that the flag was even changed. They It's after the fact, and they haven't been happy. No, they haven't been happy. They actually ask who's responsible for it and they want a list of who's responsible and they they don't understand why they're changing it they say what is the need for the change and it's hard because they ask us when we're gathering signatures and we just say they say it's not marketable that's we just regurgitate what we've been told because we don't know what the real reason for changing it is either we don't see the need for change when when I've been in the different committee hearings when they've discussed it, what I keep hearing as a reason is that our flag is hard to identify when it's listed with all 50 flags. And normally when that ever happens, 
uh, say around Mount Rushmore, for example, Senator McKay said, oh my gosh, it was so hard to find my flag. I couldn't find it. All 50 flags were there. And I've been at Mount Rushmore. It was easy to find the flag. You, you comes after T. You just, they're all alphabetical. I mean, right. I wasn't running around going, gosh, I don't know which one is the Utah flag. I mean, that to well, me was such. Oh. oh, and to me, if you don't know how to identify your flag, you need to study it more and you need to learn about it more. Because I've always been able to, to identify the Utah flag. It's the most beautiful flag of the United States. It is. It is. It's very uh, strong. It's it's a beautiful fl- flag. So they have a they have an issue with it being a seal. And and the thing is, a state seal. There's nothing to say you can't have a state seal on the flag. Okay. And the state seal is what represents all of our history with uh-huh. the, the Indian. Um, the indigenous people that have lived here, um, the tribes that were here in the state at that time, the six or seven tribes that were here, it represented everybody and everything about Utah when those early settlers came into this valley. Right. And it's it's very strong. It's a strong seal. It's, uh, it's a strong flag. And it does represent how, because the people that were here and the, even the ancestors of it were strong people. We are strong people. Well, Tracy, it was interesting because last week I had an opportunity to go see Les Mis. And Les Mis is, of course, based on, it's Victor Hugo's Les Miserables, and it's an amazing story, but based, um, attached to the French Revolution. And in the the play, the live musical, they have a flag, they have their banner. And it's this strong, you know, waving their banner, and this is what they're behind. And I thought, Oh my gosh, we have evolved in such into such all we're worried about is well, you know, the flag just doesn't look good on a t-shirt. It it doesn't look good on a hat. That's that's what we need a we need a flag that looks good when I'm wearing it on my hat or on my t-shirt. And I thought I am watching this this so emotional and passionate um story about men that are willing to die and they're behind their flag. This is their representation. This is where I stand. And I thought we are so weak today. We are. We have become so weak that all we worry about is how do I look in a hat? How do I look in my t-shirt? I want to be proud of my state, but I need to wear it on my hat. And Tracy, there's nothing that could have stopped them from having a state logo. They could have had that little beehive logo the official state logo and still kept the flag. Right. Right. Um, And the way it was, the way it came about is up on the Hill, they will withhold bills in committees. They'll say, if you don't pass my bill, I won't pass yours. So how is that a representation of the people? If that's how bills are decided. How is that a true representation? And it's just not on the flag. It's on all their bills. So how is how are they representing the people that vote them in? No, and how are they how are they utilizing the constitution, which is the 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 uh the litmus test for any bill? Exactly. And not, yeah, and I'm not saying it's unconstitutional to change the flag. Right. But what we're saying is that. It's, it's a decision that affects every single citizen in Utah and is tied to their history. 
And the people of Utah should be making that decision. But but you're absolutely right. When they start playing these games of, well, if you don't vote for this, then you may lose your committee or we won't pass your bill. The people are in a lot of trouble because we're not being protected by our Constitution. We're just being um, uh, it's willy nilly as far as whatever gets passed because of what they're lobbying for up at the Capitol. Yep, it's whoever the best lobbyist is. And yeah. some lobbyists must be making a flag company some some money because as a flag company, I would want an updated flag to to sell it. So right. what was the true meaning behind this? I guess I don't know. Well, the good news is the people have decided you, me, the people of Utah we are there's times when you you do need to push back against the legislature when they're not doing their job and when they've ignored the people of utah and so it is legal to do initiative uh, a petition they're called initiative petitions and what they do is they actually um, it's a way for the people to create a code a bill that will um, if you get enough signatures it goes into law it becomes law and so Earlier in the year, I just want listeners to know that you may have signed something connected to the flag earlier in the year, back in February, um, March, uh, I think even April. There might have been a window where you actually signed something thinking that you were reversing the flag. But that particular referendum did not succeed. And so thank goodness Tracy is not someone that is just going to like... (laughs) It's a find a way, make a way kind of woman because she is, she's come back and with others in her group that have filed now an initiative petition. And now they are actually petitioning the state legislature and the governor to repeal SB 31, which was the bill that they passed very closely. Again, it was not a big win for um, that mandate um, to even be considered with the flag. But they pass that bill, and this will repeal it. And then in the future, if I'm understanding correctly, in November of 24, every voter in the state of Utah can decide which flag they want. Is that right? Right. So this this initiative um, is written, and you can read it. It's, it's described just like the bills up on the House when they take one and they, they put it through the legislature. It's almost... Uh, it repeals the flag bill that they just passed in the general session 2023 and restores the uh, Utah state flag as the one and only flag. So it gets rid of the two flags, but it it's just to get it to the ballot in 2024. So people can still vote. So if they vote for this state initiative, they would be voting to restore our state flag as the one and only flag. If there's a no vote, then they would still have the bill, which was passed in 2023 general session with the two flags. And the two flags, we're talking about the idea that that's like such a bad idea. I think it is because even at one point um, there, the argument for to have two flags or to even have a new flag was they went draw. They drove around the United States and they saw like Texas flying their flag, and then they, and then they drove around in Utah and they saw only team flags. 
So they saw a flag for BYU. They saw a flag for the U of U. And they said, well, why isn't anybody waving our flag? Well, I asked Dan McKay, who was the bill sponsor, why didn't you go and just rally people and teach them about the flag if that's what you were concerned about? Why did you feel the need to rebrand us instead right. of just, hey, let's let's get people to fly our flag? Um, to me, he created the same scenario that he was explaining why he changed it because he only saw team flags. Well, now you're kind of doing the same thing. You have the new flag and the old flag because I'll tell you one thing. He did get people to rally behind a flag. It just wasn't his flag. It was their old, old good, <laughs> good flag. <laughs> that, that is absolutely true. And what's interesting, I had, um, you could kind of even go back to the education system in our state because if people aren't understanding what their flag means, we have a problem with our education system because that is where you would be taught about the flag. Okay, so that's a red flag about what's being taught in our schools, right? Okay, yeah. but I have my little grandkids that are not in public school. They know everything about the state flag. In fact, when I told them that there was a bill that they wanted to change it, they were they were devastated. I took them up to the Capitol. I had them lobby their representatives and, um, you know, go up and talk to them personally. And they wrote little notes. I mean, they're young, so their notes weren't really, you know, there's they're seven and nine. And so, but they wrote notes about why they wanted to keep the flag. And um, luckily, <laughs> Jim Dunnigan, Representative Dunnigan, um, is one of my grandkids' representative. And he was Oh my gosh, he was so great on the floor. Uh, when they were taking the vote, he spoke in favor of keeping the historic flag. And uh, just, I encourage the listeners to go back. You can go to le.utah.gov, it's SB31, and you can pull up and you can listen to the audios of the committee hearing that we talked about and also the floor debate. And Representative Dunnigan gave an outstanding speech about the importance of our history, okay? And it's being lost on this idea of merchandising and wearing um, a cute hat with a beehive on it, you know, or whatever. Well, and um, go ahead. And you mentioned that about kids. When we've been gathering signatures, it is the strangest thing. They walk by and they if they see the sign that says, like, we're changing they're changing the flag or save the flag they will pull on their parents' sleeves and get their attention and say dad mom dad mom and they you've got to save the flag and even their parents will go which one do you want and they point point to our beautiful utah state flag they said you can't let that change you've got to help and they get their parents engaged it's it's a very wow yeah well tracy i'm talking with tracy halverson she is uh behind uh, working hard to save our historic flag in Utah. We've got a short break. We're here on the Liberty Moms podcast. We'll be right back to learn more about how you can be involved in saving our flag.
Welcome back to the Liberty Moms podcast. Chris Kimball hosting today, and I'm having a discussion with my Liberty Mom hero, Tracy Halverson, who has been working so, so hard to make sure that Utah retains the history in our beautiful state flag. And just before the break, she was sharing with us about how children, when they're out gathering signatures, how kids will notice, notice that there's um, they've set up a place to gather signatures to save the flag, and they'll encourage their parents to find. I love hearing that because, you know, this is a what a great way to educate children on the process, you know? And that's why I feel like it's really important that we let the public know what's going on because, you know, I mean, Tracy, it's July, okay? Fourth of July, vacation, whatever. But, you know, we need to let the people of Utah know that this initiative is happening right now yeah. and that all they need to do is sign the packet. They just need voter. We have to have, um, well, you tell them the numbers, what we need. It's about approximately 140,000. Um, we are overshooting that. We, Our goal is 30% more, but... Um, we we know that we have the support. It's just we need to get the people informed because not everybody's aware. I mean, we did the referendum and now we're doing the state initiative and I'm still finding people saying they did what? Why would they change the flag? Like, I, I'm still finding people that don't know. And it I, I understand because things happen all the time. We're busy and we people aren't aware that they or some say, I thought we were going to vote on it and because they thought we were going to take it to a vote. People thought we were going to vote on the on the flag. Um, so we do need people to come sign it, we, even just to take a, a packet. And when we say in a packet, what it is, is it's a petition booklet. And you just go and you ask people if they've heard that the flag changed and if they want to put this bill that repeals that um, the flag change on the ballot in November 2024. And it's really easy to get 50 signatures. I've in the last week I've got about 400 just by myself. And of out of those 400, two people have told me they like the new flag. Right. And see, that's the thing. This whole idea is it's it's beyond now it's the process. It's how this flag bill was passed. Mm -hmm. It was stinky. I'm just telling you, I was up there in person watching the committee hearing, totally disappointed in the behavior of the, the committee, the chair, and, and how they um, treated the those of us that take our time to, whether it's leave work, to make the, um, whatever you need to do, take care, you know, got kids to watch out for, you're up there, and then they don't allow the voice of the people to be heard, okay? And they, it's like, nope, we, those 58 people that voted for the new flag, they know more than 3.4 million people in the state of Utah, because that's how many people voted to change the flag, 58, 58. They voted, and it's affecting 3.4 million people in Utah, and that should not be happening. And no, so, and if you're, it's a whether you like the new flag, yeah, it, whether you like either flag, I'm like, the process was not clean, and it should be taken to the people. Exactly, and 
any of any bill that needs to be taken to the people would be a flag bill. It is simple. It is supposed to be uniting. And and so if you're why are you so afraid to take that to the um, the people and you'll hear the rhetoric of I, I can't I can't as a senator take it to the people. It's not a constitutional change. It's not a you you can take non-binding. The, the legislature has the authority to take non-binding um, uh, questions to the ballot. So when people say the senators could not do it because that was one of the responses and I informed my senator who is the sponsor of the bill, I suggest you can, it just may not be non-binding. That doesn't mean he. if it passed, then you, you pass your bill that you want to pass. So when, right. you, when you hear that rhetoric, that's not true. That's not the entire truth. They just... They just had a non-binding question on on what to do with um, taxes in Salt Lake County attached to the gas tax, and the people voted it down. So then that didn't go through, right? So they they've already done. They that. do it all yeah. the time, and so they when he says, when he says he can't take, or when somebody says in the legislature they can't take questions to the ballot, that is not true. And if you have that much faith that you are representing the people. Uh, exactly what they want and they want new a new flag then you shouldn't be scared to take it to the ballot let it go right actually yeah, i don't understand. yeah i really don't understand the um the fear and the protest and the when it's a simple that's just a simple solution just put well, it on the so to tell you my experience with the initiative filing it with the lieutenant governors that's what i'm saying i'm like what is the big deal it's a flag why won't you let us move forward the that office first of all misinterpreted the law so they made some changes to the initiative process that ex that made you wait longer to start printing and and get your packets and that took effect of may 3rd and we we were aware of those changes so we um purposely filed our initiative on may 2nd and we did that to avoid what had changed so they had tried to stop, uh, hold up the bill and uh, the initiative, hold up the initiative by a, trying to retroactive apply the law that passed on May 3rd, that was effective May 3rd. And I had to tell them, you can't re retroactively apply the law unless it's specifically state, stated in the law, and that isn't in there. And then they... Um, would push back on who has to do the public notice. Well, the bill, if you read the code, they, they interpret it as the person doing the initiative does all the public notices. And I explained to them, that's not what it's stating. It's stating the Lieutenant Governor's office needs to do the notices because the Lieutenant Governor's office would have more clout than someone off the street. Like if I go and tell people I'm having a public hearing, come in here, or if I go to a county website or the county say, put this public notice on your county website, they're not gonna believe me. It, the law says it's Lieutenant Governor that's supposed to do it, but they were, they were misinterpreting that it requires the person doing the state initiative. So they pushed back on that. So we did push, we did send our emails, our notices, and then they still required us to try to prove all of it and I said, well, you, you put it 
to the public notice website because I don't have authority to do that. You guys have control of that. And they did. And I said, well, according to the public notice website or code, people are subscribed to that and newspapers subscribe to that public notice website. And I don't know if people know what the public notice website is. It's where they, you can sign up to it and receive all the public notices of hearings and meetings that are going on about uh, legislative processes and stuff and your meetings at, at your city. So they finally backed down on that, but then they still withheld it, giving us a, a booklet. And so when we went in, I asked them why. I go, why are you holding this up? And they said they had the attorney general's office involved. And I said, do you always involve the attorney general's office? And they said, no. And I said, but why are you doing it now? And they couldn't give me an answer. And so we reached, we had to reach out to Sean Reyes. We text Sean Reyes and said, why is your office holding this up? This has nothing. It's a flag. It's, it's not a complicated bill or even initiative. And, um, the his general counsel Dan Burton called me back and I explained to him and he goes well they're probably just making sure it's constitutional and I said it's a flag and we put a, <laughs> I'm serious Kim that's what he said <laughs> I put, it's a flag and I go and I put a severability clause in there to say if anything isn't then it can't or it still moves forward and he uh, and I explained to him, the lieutenant governor's office, and a lot of people don't understand this, they think that they are the ones that interpret the law and that they're judge and jury of it. And it, they're not. They are ministerial. That's it. They and execute the law. Yep. Yeah. I, I explained that to Dan. I said, even if she thought, or the lieutenant governor or anybody in their staff thought that there was anything wrong with this, they could not hold it up. And I said, there's case law and there's, and it's state Utah state case law that um, supports this. And I had to send it to him. He, and a couple hours later, they finally uh, released it, but they withheld this pack, our initiative packet 10 days longer than they were supposed to. Okay. This isn't the first time Lieutenant Governor's office does this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is a dereliction of duty. And this is actually, I don't know if it's because they're just not competent, okay? Because that would be the um, the nice way to explain away their behavior, is they're not competent. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, they do not need to be in the lieutenant governor's office, okay? No. We already, I mean, just this last week, we've already seen incompetency in how they handle the CD2 candidates and those that were applying to run for the cd congressional district too well they didn't they, even follow up no they were they, legitimate candidates. and they misinterpreted that law too because yeah they are requiring one candidate out of the caucus and it's not or out of the convention and it it should still be the two candidates out of the convention process to the primary ballot they, but again, it's just a, it's an example of how things are ran there. It's yeah, it's kind of um, yeah, because they're the ex the executive branch. Just to get clear with all the listeners, all they do is they execute the law. They don't make law, and they don't 
judge whether one law is good or another. They just are told, it's kind of like, this is your to-do, here's you go. You have an election, your job is to make sure it's secure. And already we don't have any trust in that office with what happened in Utah during the election cycles. And so now we're seeing more bumbling happening. And you guys, so for the public out there, we're talking about Deidre Henderson. This is her office and her only um, job function is to execute the law according to what the legislative branch has passed and to make sure we have secure elections and validate the candidates that run. Verify, are they valid candidates? There's there's state law to follow and they're not doing it. And so we really have a problem. We've had a problem since this administration took over with election security. And yeah. so um, we've seen time and time again, problems creep up. So let's get back to the flag. So we need people to get signatures and to get their name on the initiative. Okay. And it's just signing your name, um, printing your name, signing it with your voter registration name, and then your address, and then email's optional and age is optional. But sometimes those can be help them identify you as the registered voter. Right. Okay. So on that, I when I gather signatures, I encourage people, I don't care about their email address. I actually it it just goes to the governor's or the lieutenant governor's office. So I um I tell them they, don't worry about but it's the they, <laughs> they spam their email. They sell it. I know. So that's why I'm like, I wouldn't, but uh, so they, it's the birth date that is important because when you read the code of how they verify signatures, um, when they verify signatures, if long as they can find a name that's almost similar, even close similar, even if it has misspellings, even if it's initial and a birth date on the voter roll, they can't kick the signature. So ah, okay. birth, the birthday or the age is very important and it will help secure even if the address is yeah. wrong there if the yeah because even the age an age is not a personal identifiable piece of data it's just yeah I'm, I'm 72 or whatever in that year you don't have an exact birth date right. but but that can help identify okay so that is good to know and then uh, what if we've got, we need people to be willing to take packets around. And I know with me, like today, I ran up and had lunch with some girlfriends. I had them sign, you know, and so I have my packet that goes with me everywhere. And um, it's during the summer, you've got family vac family reunions, you've got parades, you've got barbecues. It's an easy time to be with people and gathering signatures. Right. Even walking neighborhoods, taking it to the ballpark, to a soccer game, um, people's just standing around. And I it is not hard to get signatures, um, even if people sign up through their through the Google form on our website, it will place you into the district, your district information. And then that helps us connect you with people in your area to help support you. And then we're encouraging them people even then. Hey, if you get together, go walk a neighborhood or get together, go to a ballpark and right. see if you can get signatures. So what is your, tell our listeners what the website is. Um, so it's either, it's Restore Utah's flag, um, dot com. 
So it's restoreutahsflag.com. So Utah, so it's got an S in it then, right? Restoreutahsflag.com. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so if our listeners are just hearing this, they can um, they can Google and go to that website, restoreutahsflag.com. And then that will, uh, they put in their information and that will send them to the district, Senate district, where they can be contacted to sign a petition. Right. So if you click on get involved on that website, it'll ask you a series of questions and then it provides it to me and my team, which will sort it and uh, get, get them connected with the people that are in their area. So we have some district leaders that are doing it and they'll get in contact with them and get them connected. Even if they just think they can't help, I mean, even data entry, uh, we could use help with data entry. We could use help with um, calling uh, volunteers that have have entered their information and said they wanted to. Um, so if even if you think, oh, I can't get out there and get it done, there is something you could probably help us with. So I encourage everybody just to get involved. And it's going to help us all get connected within our districts and, and be more unified too. Exactly. It is, you know, that's <laughs> probably that's the biggest thing I hate about these groups and, and when the people gathered is because we are connecting. Mm-hmm. We are becoming engaged in a common cause and it becomes a lot easier for us to then, you know, petition um, our elected officials on certain issues that come up because now we're connected. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not off in our own little um, pieces of life where we're, that we live, but now we're, we're all connected that way. And so there's sometimes very good outcomes that are very positive for us and, and uh, retaining our liberty and making sure that our legislators, they serve us. They yeah. were elected to serve us. They're not our leaders. Right. They're not our bosses. They don't tell us what we want. They are our servants. And that's why it was up to them to do the right thing and at least get an idea from their constituents. That's all they had to do was send out um, an email to their constituents and find out what they felt about um, this, uh, this flag, the flag issue. And they right. didn't bother to do that. And so we need the people of Utah to step up. So there's 29 counties, and we have to hit a certain percentage of signatures in 26 of the 29. Is that right? That is. But our goal, actually, is to get all 29. We want, we want to be connected in all 29. Uh, I want every one of them informed. And I know we've got the time. Once you start a packet, um, you have where we we are asking them to be returned back within 25 days to the leader or the person that you um, got the packet from just so we can get organized and get the information in and track where more signatures are needed in that district. And then we turn it in because you have, we have to turn it in within 30 days from when it started. But um, we have actually till February 15th, 
to get all 140,000 signatures. And we're just going to keep going. Even when we hit it, we'll just keep going because people need to be informed and people need to be connected. And then that way, when there's other issues, you know, what? I've, I've got Chris's number and say, hey, did you know about this issue? I, give me a call. What are your thoughts? So it, it's just going to connect us and help us further our, our efforts. But anything to help save the history of Utah, we would love for any volunteers to join our team and, and help us preserve the history of, of Utah. You know, history is so important. And again, as I, I'm a big history buff. In fact, that's, I take tours to, um, here in the United States, but all over the world, taking people to different areas and studying pieces of history. And sometimes this history that we're talking about has kind of been hidden away. It's history that hasn't, it, it's based on tradition or oral, um, oral tradition from uh, different generations. But uh, it's fascinating. But if we don't learn from our history, it handicaps us moving forward because we we can't learn from our past and we need to understand our heritage. And that's where this flag and this connection. And plus, what if we, this whole analogy of nobody was flying the state flag. Well, how many people fly a U.S. flag? I bet there's just, if it came down to it, it's a very small percentage. So the same ideology would be We'll get rid of the U.S. flag, right? Because that's what they're saying. If you don't, if you don't have enough respect or enough of uh, gumption or whatever to fly the U.S. flag, then by darn, we need to change that flag. Right. I mean, that's the most. I'm sorry, it's rude, but that was that's I can't even. That's imbecilic. Well, the governor said that he wanted a more inclusive flag. That was one of his statements. Was he wants a more inclusive flag? The flag includes everybody of Utah, it includes everybody in Utah. So when they say we need a new inclusive flag, people are also saying that about the United States flag. They said it's not all inclusive. So I don't, the the agenda of attacking these flags is, it's our history that they're attacking. And like you said, if you don't know your history, you can't learn from your mistakes. Right. And uh, this inclusive, it sounds a little bit woke to me. That sounds like a lot of um, diversity, equity, inclusive. That sounds like such new woke language to me. Uh And this is the governor. This is our governor running, re-running for a re-election. And um, and he's pronouns. Yeah. And now he wants to change our flag because it's not inclusive Mm -hmm. enough. And yet it's a flag that represents the, the, the people that were in this territory before we even showed up, the indigenous people. You don't see that. I mean, they're trying to claim that somehow there's a, a speck of that on the new flag, but it doesn't stand out. You've got those arrows. But, okay, Tracy, we're down to the last minute here. So thank you. Thank you for all your work. Um, we want to send everyone to restoreutahsflag.com. Spread the word on this. Share this podcast. But get the word out because even if you can only sign, you can help donate money to um, printing packets. You can help with data entry. But there's lots you can do 
to help us save our flag. And that's the most important thing right now. So thank you, Tracy, for all your work. And thank you for listening today on the Liberty Moms podcast. We'll, we'll be with you next week. Thank you, Chris.